Welcome to season two, which, if you needed the recap from season one, ended on a cliffhanger as we found out that Jamie Millard was having Tony Paleo's baby, which caused a giant love triangle between Jamie Millard, Tully Kennedy, and Tony Paleo in, in the mix-up that we never saw coming. Welcome back to season two, episode one of The Big Bottom. Man, it was a cliffhanger. I've been, I've been on edge ever since. You have? How do you think I felt? <laughs> you were part of it, <laughs> dude. It's exciting. We've got, so we had ten episodes in the can, as they say in Hollywood. Yep. That's what they say the pros, because you know that's we're professionals. This is episode eleven, or as John said, episode one of season two, episode eleven. And we have the incredible Murphy Cargus on. What a cool dude, right? Oh, yeah. That guy's the shit. He's really cool. Really cool. And talk about just experience. I mean, he, (laughs) being bass player, songwriting, hanging, playing in Sugar Ray, one of the biggest bands of the night. Super humble for his experience. Wicked humble. I noticed that, you know. Yeah, we played in 50,000 people. It was all right, you know. Yeah. Oh, but that Bon Jovi, you know, flew in. He was there. Yeah, crazy, man. Just incredible. One of the nicest guys. And smart as hell, too, man. One of the smartest guys. Like, really, really an intelligent guy. Um, very business-oriented, you know. Like us bassists tend to be mm-hmm. most of the time. So, anyway, so, yeah. Most Mur- yeah, most of the time. So, Murphy Cargus, incredible guy. Great, great hang. Yeah. And he lives out my side of the woods he's on the west coast nice so there you go so yeah all right and and you guys are doing well you guys are hanging in there yeah, doing well goodbye. yeah goodbye. you know ate at a restaurant love that that nice. was great john yep. little vacation little vacay got a real vacation so that was that was another nice thing so very cool very cool and today guys what who we brought by we've got a couple of sponsors we've got some new sponsors rolling new through sponsors. this time tony yes yeah. we do tony start uh, off buddy First one being A Designs Audio. We all know Peter Montesi oh. makes some of the best hardware on the planet. Boop, boop, boom. The Pacifica. Boop. Yeah. The Pacifica is a two-channel mic pre that is, I believe, um, has cinematic transformers. It's just bad assery. It's Easy. super heavy for this one rack space. It's yeah. got Lots of iron in there, and uh, sounds yeah. killer for overheads. That's how yes. I use it. Yeah, I love it for overheads, and it's a great DI too. It's great DI. Oh, DI. About that. you have oh. the famous ready, the famous mm-hmm. ready, the almost the standard, the ready, and then Tony and I. Yes, I'm peeking over. Oh, KGB. Now this is the one, the KGB with the tone controls. He also makes the KGB that's a two-channel, um, almost like the Pacifica, two-channel, but in this form right here. Um, yeah, so Pete Montesi is just one of the, uh, just one of the nicest. This guys. thing's great. Has a, I've used this for unique things. Um, really like little crappy Blackstar amp. Just mm-hmm. It sounded good, but it wasn't really big sounding yeah. uh, with the, DI direct out of it with so some of these new guitar amps that are all the modeling out. We went from the modeling out di- directly into this oh. flat and it really widened the whole thing. It really did. I was nice. Impressed. I used the KGB uh, on a recording with a Rhodes. 
and it was ridiculous. oh wow okay yeah. cool just so killer and then i also have uh the mike pre the ventura that mm -hmm. freaking just fantastic um mike pre so yeah pete montesi shout out a design audio wait a designs audio hold on i want to give the right url i'll put it up <laughs> We're very professional, very professional. I know, right? I'll tell you this. A, right. Yeah, adesignsaudio.com. And that's Pete Montessi. And um, yeah, we uh, we want to welcome him. He's awesome. And John, who else do we have today, John? Well, since we all enjoy our, our cup of coffee or pot of coffee, you know, we, we don't judge. Um, uh, our buddy uh, Ross over at Golden State Coffee. Yeah, yeah, we got is, is a proud sponsor and also a killer bass player as well. Man, Ross, Ross is killing, man. Great player. Their band's coming out with a new record. Yeah, just all around good people over there. Golden State Roasters. Um, yeah, and all of us uh, are. You can friends. use the promo code Big Bottom 15, Big Bottom 15. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can go to their online store and use that, or you can go in. Um, they're in downtown Placentia. You can actually walk in. Oh, they'll take it there too. They'll take it That's there. Crazy. Yes. And you know, I actually used the promo code. I went in, I got myself a new, um, pour over ceramic and I was oh, like, Oh, I saw hey. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, can I use the, Are they uh, offer those on the website? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yep. They have them. They're fantastic. So they have the pour over little, uh, I forget mm -hmm. what it is, but, um, and they have all kinds of stuff. They got swag, they got coffee, they've got filters, all kinds of good stuff. And their website or their URL is goldenstate.coffee. So very nice. Cool. Have you guys tried the coffee? I did. I tried it first time this morning. Um, I think, what'd you send me, the Ethiopian? I think so, yes. Yeah, you got yeah. it. And so I just, I've got to dial it back a little bit because it was definitely, it was, it was a strong cup this morning. <laughs> like good, bold flavor, but yeah, a little bit of. Yeah. Well, that, Ethiopian so. tends to be a darker, I mean, yeah. depends on you. Right. And to roast that darker. I like the espresso. I have that, but I'm a, I prefer the darker roasts. Mm -hmm. what, did, what did you get? Which, which one did you get, Tony? The espresso. Nice. Ooh, yeah. That's, okay. I, yeah. Did uh, you try it out yet? My body. Yes. Fantastic. Did, Fantastic. I, I did uh, do a pour over. I did French press. Nice. Okay. Oh, I can't find my, I think my wife, uh, has it somewhere <laughs> cool yeah i i love french press but i've been mm -hmm. uh, i've been doing the pour over lately just i dig it so i'm gonna anyways, order pour over from these guys and i want to use the promo code pour over is good it's good, pour man. good it's just it's uh it's direct injection of caffeine kind of like the uh if you look at our first they were sponsors on our first uh on the last episode sorry on episode 10 mm -hmm. they came on and i just had a cup and um I was a little jacked up and Tony rolled his eyes when I said it. It was fantastic. I liked it. <laughs> I sent these guys a screenshot. I was like, Aah! and he just goes, mm. right. yeah, typical, <laughs> typical Steve. <laughs> I isolated it and I sent it to them to make them feel really, really good about right. rolling their eyes at me. Cause obviously I, uh, yeah. Cause I'm the one that messes things up all the time. I, I don't know, man. I mean, when I have a, like a strong cup, I actually mellow out a little bit. Like, Oh, what? what? you know mm -hmm. not i not i so anyways yeah so we got a designs audio and we have golden state roasters and we love those companies we both uh we all use use all their gear and drink mm -hmm. all their coffee yeah man yeah Big we do 15. 
Yeah, Big Bottom Big 15. Big Bottom 15, check it out. So awesome. anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, who wants to sign off? I think that's, uh, I think John. we've chatted enough. John, you're you're so good at this. Leave us, right. come on, give us. So as we open into the opening scene of season two, episode one, stay tuned and we'll see what happens when Tony enters the hospital. What's up, everybody? Episode 11, The Big Bottom. Episode Yay, 11. 11. Or, or like you said, Steve, episode uh, one, season two. Ooh, mm, that's kind of nice too. Yeah, it's nice. No matter what, you know, they all add up. But we have a yep. special guest. First of all, we have Liam Moody. Yep. Say hey, Liam. Can you say hi. <laughs> Is that going to say hi to those guys again? I right. know. He's like, oh, man. Dad, you're talking to those creeps, those weirdos, those bass playing. Does Liam play an instrument? Um, Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. But he'll pick bass soon enough. Yes. Right, right, for sure. Then he'll start stealing his dad's gigs. There you go. Exactly, right? Yeah. So, no, we're excited. Uh, we've got Murphy Cargus, buddy of mine. And, um, I mean, Murphy is, uh, he's he's rad. He's an awesome dude. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're glad to have you on, buddy. Thank you so much, man. Glad to Murphy, be here. What did you just pick up? What model did you pick up, GNL? My SB, right here. Can you see it? Yep. Nice. Now that's that's the trusty one. So tell yeah. tell the good folks out there if they don't know, you are affiliated with a very famous band. <laughs> and yeah. and yeah. Well, many years ago, uh, some buddies and and I started a band called the Shrinky Dinks, and it was from Newport Beach. And we eventually changed our name to Sugar Ray when we got a record deal with Atlantic Records, and uh, you know, just had our journey. You know, we struggled, and then we. We did well with, with putting Fly Out in 1997, and uh, that was huge. I just had a fun time. So massive. Yeah, and you're. This and is the Fly Bass, though. I got. I got. I got to always hold it. You know. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, but this 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 literally it's an interesting story. Maybe, maybe we can get to that in a minute. But no, no, no. Let's let's do a talk, man. It's, this is well, I, reform. We're just. I think. I mean, I think. Actually, I think guitars. You know, when you get whether it's a bass or an instrument. I think instruments, some instruments can just kind of, when you put it in your, when you hold it, when you play it, they, they can, stuff can come out of it and and it, just things fall out of it. Um, I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I have felt that way with different basses and with different guitars and whatnot. But um, it was a pivotal time in our band's life. We were in New York City. And as I just said, you know, Sugar Ray, and we had struggled. We had put one record out and uh, it wasn't doing that good. We, we got to go to Europe and it did okay there, but um, we were struggling and we somehow, we were in New York City and we were just trying to write all this heavy stuff and it was a weird moment when our singer just, Mark just goes, man, I got to get out of here because nothing was fitting. It was a weird moment and he bails and it literally felt like we're all going to be back. I'm going to be delivering it, you know, Little Caesars in six months or three months oh, or two weeks. <laughs> and, and somehow in that weird broken moment, I was sitting there and I had been listening to some some records of at that time, night was that 1996 probably. Um, and I just played this little bass line. And then we, we just wrote this song. It happened in like 10 minutes. It's crazy. But that bass was sitting in my lap. And it was literally the first thing that wrote fly. Because I had the I go, here's the bass line. Do 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 And then from there the drums came in, which was Craig our DJ. And then and then Rodney wrote that little amazing, you know, guitar lick. Mm -hmm. And then Stan, our drummer, actually wrote the hook and the lyrics and the chorus. Wow. So it's funny how things happen, but my point was that some instruments, man, they just, they'll pull things out of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you guys feel that way? 
Oh, absolutely. I feel some bases make me play a certain way than others, for sure, you know? Yeah. I totally get it. Well, I think sometimes, for me, I mean, you know, all of us, all of us collectively, I mean, we have instruments in our hands. We have a ton of instruments in our hands that come through. But every once in a while, there comes an instrument where you just go, this is, there's something special about it. And and it just happens. You, you can't predict it or whatever. And then that just works. And And it seems like that bass, Murphy, has that one's traveled with you everywhere, right? I mean, that's kind yeah. of recorded travel. That's like been your, your yeah, that was one. A, that was on the road for years before Fly. And okay. um, I don't know, it was just, it was a workhorse. I mean, I I, I would <laughs> eat it and, you know, and it just, uh, it stayed with me for a long time. So, yeah. And it still lives. It's alive yeah. as good as day one. <laughs> nice. Now the Shrinky Dinks, because I remember them because like we grew up kind of the same area you know southern california and that was kind of a big local band for for a while yeah i don't know i mean we we certainly we had a lot of fun doing it you know and yeah. we had a lot of friends that would come see us and it was really weird because in the beginning we didn't play at clubs and like get proper gigs because there, there was you know we we were from newport beach there wasn't really a scene Dude, there's cuckoo's nest that was it but that was yeah that was scary like, that was scary punk, weird, like metal kind of thing too. Yeah. So that was yeah. We didn't you have to go to LA to play. Would you have to go north and you know early on? No, we were just we just started playing parties and because you know we just wanted to have fun. So we would literally just like throw a party with our friends and play, you know. And um, I don't know why it was. We just we we played a lot of parties, but it, it, there might be like three hundred people there in this outdoor you know backyard of a beach thing, and it's a lot of fun. So. We didn't start doing official gigs, I guess, for a while, but um, but it's okay because we kind of got inventive and we would wind up doing shows. We'd like rent out, we'd have a buddy who would act as like a promoter and rent out like a restaurant and then throw a huge party after they were done after hours. And so in a way we kind of our own promoters and we just sort of, we made it work here in our area. And like, that's what we wanted to do. We didn't really start trying to pursue real gigs for a while, but we we're just goofing around having fun. And I guess we did okay, you know, but yeah. Well, yeah it permutated into one of the biggest bands of what, like the nineties. I mean, huge, man, huge. What was, what was the biggest part of the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. Part of the nineties, you know, what was the biggest stage that you guys played? You mean, you mean just physically like what? Physically, like what big, like audience wise, like what the big festival, like. It's funny. I was just going through some, uh, some, some crates of old stuff. I I keep too much stuff, so I got to go through it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, but we opened for Bon Jovi and we played in front of 55,000 people at the Meadowlands, you know, where the the New York Giants play football. And that was insane because if you open for Bon Jovi in Jersey, they're all there. I mean, nobody's getting there late. They're tailgating at like one o'clock or whatever. So um, that was insane. But (laughs) it's weird because you could, you could play like the Hollywood Palladium sold out and that feels, or or a club gig. And that people are close to you. You feel the heat. It playing it like an arena or a stadium. It's we didn't do many of those, but um, it's weird because they're so far away. They're physically really far away from you. Interesting, yeah. And um, but it, that was such a gas. That was so fun to do that. And um, <laughs> that was fascinating. We're sitting there. Bon Jovi took a helicopter from New York into. We're like, what? Who's in a helicopter? Of course he, he did. He did. <laughs> he a limo from the helicopter goes underneath does the gig, limo out, helicopter by. <laughs> but that was, that was a crazy, that was a lot of people. I, I remember looking out going, 
holy, you know, crazy. <laughs> what were you using for a backline at that time? Um, I, I believe it was our standard stuff. I was using two uh, Ampeg 810 cabinets and two Ampeg heads. Um, at that point, I was using I was using my music bands. Um, I switched to those for a period after Gino. I was, Gino and Music Man were the bases that I used through all the Sugar Ray times. Um, but that, just that, you know, and the odd thing was, it was a really small stage. So then, and I, even the photos prove it. It's weird. I'm looking, I go, wow, that was really, um, but I guess that was maybe to keep the band looking tight. Like it was, you know, they weren't like, you know, two football fields apart on stage, which could, that, that can work. And then the other way can work. But um, yeah, it was just like our regular gear, you know, like my two stacks, Rodney's Marshall or whatever he had. Stan's drum set, our DJ's rig, and Mark running around, you know, so. And back then, it was actual stage monitors, right? No in-ears. It was stage monitors. So. I think in-ears were around. There was early okay. adoption really? to in-ears. Uh, we were using ultimate ears. And, um, oh, okay. Oh, wow. But, but no, we always, we never, a lot of bands do away with it, with the monitors, but we always mm -hmm. have them for fill, just because we like to hear, you know, the fill of the band on stage. So. And feel it. You feel yeah. it, for sure. I love that. I love my side feels, the giant... Like they have like mass. I'm like, turn those up. Those sound good. Get the bass cranking in those. Give me the brown note through those. <laughs> turn up the color brown. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and then the music man's you kind of, uh, between the, the music man and the GNLs, the, the music man's kind of gave you a little bit more, maybe like mid range, hi-fi kind of thing, or yeah, probably more. I mean, the, the music man's probably more of a scoop sound, I would say. Okay. A little more low, maybe a little more high, just for what I was doing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I don't know. It was just a change, and it felt good. I, yeah. you know, the years up to it was probably two thousand. I swapped, I think maybe, yeah. um, and it was just I liked it. And I'm like, this is cool. Let's do yeah. this. You know, so it's all Leo's creation, so it's all good. They have a great That's sound right. live. I'm not a big fan of them in the studio, but they do sound. I went through like a huge phase of Music Man phase for a while, man. I, I, I'm really love them i love them on stage just uh, didn't like them recording wise you know you know that's so true a lot of times in studio i'd be cutting with it and like eh, it just that's a very good point they are good live but but in the studio i think i just a p bass would wind up in my lap somehow or something you know like p that. or pj yeah hey right yeah we're all fans of pjs here big time oh huge mm -hmm. sure. yeah we love pj, PJ. double p <laughs> And uh, how about strings? What are you using string-wise? Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually nice. have here. It's funny, I got a restring, but I have these here. Very these cool. are, I actually used to use the 110 okay. because um, the super heavy, because we would tune down. Okay. We, we were, you know, we like Van Halen and all those. What, what are the bands that, you know, like you'd hear the example of bands that, you know, tuned it. Was it ACDC? Did they tune down? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think, think they did. Yeah. Half step. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so we, I used the super heavy gauge because I wanted the tension to feel back to normal. For sure. Down. Um, but Ernie Ball, like they just hooked me up with strings forever and they seemed a great, great string. Yeah, they work. There you go, mm -hmm. man. Nice. What about, what about y'all? I want to hear. GHS for me, you know, I, I went I, through <laughs> a few different companies and I, you know, I started working with companies, I think, incorrectly. I'm like, oh, this is a great deal. I, I like the relationship. I like the people there. But strings are really, really ultra-personal, man. They yeah. really are, you know. I, I made a couple of mistakes till I really found GHS. And GHS is, I, I can't imagine playing anything else now. So. Awesome. 
Hey, John, how about you? Yeah. John. Yeah, I have to say GHS because that's where I work. (laughs) But no, I mean, I I did the same thing as Tony. You know, I played a bunch of different things. Um, You know, oddly enough, the first set I tried was uh, Dean Markley Blue Steels, which is actually, you know, they were uh, founded in the same town where I live now, which is kind of cool to find out. Um, But yeah, went through a couple of things before I became an artist with GHS and then just from happenstance jumped on to... um, the company in more of an office role so wait that's crazy you said blue steel um dean markley mm-hmm. i remember those i am oh, like yeah they were great put on. cryogenically yes treated. Right. that was the big moniker you know cryogenically mm-hmm. blah 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 i remember yeah that's yeah, crazy. They were yeah. good strings man they, they were good steve mm-hmm. you introduced me to didn't you introduce me to you said go say hi to somebody over at GS, was that right? It, yeah, it's been me. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you stopped by, I think, real quick. You're like, yeah, hey, Steve said that's to say hi. So, that's right. yeah, we, so fast, and like, I'm like, hey, Steve. Well, especially during NAM, NAM is madhouse, yeah. and you know, for right. sure. That it, last this one, NAM might- was especially crazy for some reason. I don't know what it was. It was a like whirlwind of chaos. It yeah. really was. I was gonna say, is NAM getting more, is it, it's getting more crowded, or is it the same? It seems that way. Yeah. It well, seems that way, even though they keep cutting down the badges that they give out. Um, it seems a lot busier every year, especially the, um, or maybe it's one of those, instead of how it used to be like Thursday was, you know, kind of quiet. Friday was a little, little better, but then Saturday was balls out. Maybe uh-huh. they all realized, hey, if we come on Thursday, we can get in. So maybe it's more of just, not so much it's busier, but everyone just, it's more um, evened out. Like everyone's trying to come in earlier. Yeah. It just seemed, I, I haven't actually been in a while and I went and it was just insanity. Like you went to a booth and you you can't even move. You're, there's like, yeah. I, I walked by, um, Steve, I saw you, Gino. Yeah. I stopped by Jonathan and, and I, I went over to Music Man, I think, and Ernie Ball and I just, it was, I couldn't even move. I'm like, I can't oh, yeah. see anything. I can't hear. Oh, yeah, their boots I'm, always I'm being hit shoulder to shoulder, and I just, <laughs> just got to get out of here. It's like, so I just got to walk around. What's that? They're interesting. Like, they could be dressed up as spaceman one year, or, yeah, yeah. you know, they do these weird themes, and they always attract a lot of people, you know? I remember they years. go go dance dancers, you know? Years and years ago, they were all Elvises, and that's going way back. Oh, that's funny. Pretty funny. <laughs> that's rad. That is funny, actually. Yeah, strings are are definitely one of those things. Like I've been uh, currently the GHS Super Steels are kind of my my jam. I love mm-hmm. them. It was forever. I used DRs, and I still love DRs also. Um, uh, and I like the the low riders and the mm-hmm. Super Steels kind of come close to that. Just the feel because I I love steel strings on fretted because I do like a little bit of that harshness. I, I that's just me. I want to feel right. a little bit of resistance. Um, and then on fretless, I'll use nickel because it's smooth. So, and again, that's just me just is what it is. But, um, fretless, I've always kind of the Diodario nickels, DR, you know, I, those are, they're just the XLs, man. I mean, they're literally just, they're, they're like the Ernie balls. They're, they're just consistent. They work and that's it. But I, um, I definitely want to delve a little bit more into trying, um, some other stuff with GHS. Just check it out because I've never. I don't think I've ever tried the basics mm-hmm. or the nickel version. Um, you know, and and at the same time, I 
for flat wounds, I, I love the labellas. The 1954, the Jamerson set is kind of like, and like Murphy was saying, I mean, it's a 110 on the low E and it's just like, I just, I just like them, you know? And you play differently when I play my Olinto P bass with those big heavy strings. Oh, sure. Just, you know, it makes you, it just makes you play different. It's really cool. So yeah. Yeah. Can I, ask, can I ask a dumb question? No, no dumb questions. There's no nickel, and, nickel and steel. Can you break that down? Like what the difference might be, Steve? And that, but no, but Steve, you said you like steel. You know what? What that feels like for you. And then Jonathan also, if you can break that down, I don't really know. Let ability. Let me, and the, go ahead. Let me go into the layman's terms, and then John will get to the nitty gritty. Right. Me, <laughs> because because seriously, it's just me. It's just it, it's almost like what we were talking when you put when you get something in your hands, it either works or it doesn't. Right. Or it feels nice or it doesn't, uh, you know, it is one of those things. And for me, if I, I'll just be stupid. I'll say nickel is smoother, steel, a little rougher. That's it. So I kind of like that rougher feel on the stainless steel, but on fretless, I like the nickels because they're smoother. So that's it. So now John can actually really, really give us the. the well, I mean, you, you've got the, the the big part down. I mean, you know, some of that comes down to just the type of metal it is. You know, steel is yeah. going to be a harder metal than than the nickel plate that um, everyone else uses mm -hmm. um, for that. But what it does too is the um, the nickel strings usually will pull back the harshness of that first attack oh. on the uh, on the string. So it's not that like bright and just piercing mm -hmm. i would say it's not so much um because you know with, with steel too you can eq it so it's almost like ice pick kind of attack just like a like mm -hmm. just that really hard chop and the the nickel's not going to get that it's going to be a more warmer kind of a grab on it on the on the first part of it and it's going to have a little bit uh nickels are going to be a little bit more in the um in the low mid range be a little smoother that sound way too Tony, so, oh sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, go ahead. I thought I want to hear Tony's take on. Uh, and we also, Steve, have you done a review on nickel and steel, like a video on YouTube? That'd be I, interesting to watch. Somewhere down the road, I I did. I used to do all the stuff, like all of DR's sound bites were me. Like I did all of them. So, but I I don't think I've done one. And and yeah, that would be just a. And I'm sure they're out there. Maybe I did. I'll I don't do know. one. Yeah, dude, do one, man. Absolutely. Murphy's doing some killer videos. So, yeah, you were going to ask Tony. Yeah, there's Tony, another big name? feel that I, I, well, that's, there's another aspect of it that's real important to me is tension. Yeah. So there we go. There's a tension. Totally. John could alleviate to the tension a, a little bit more, you know, so like nickels have a little less tension than the steels as well. So John is, John is the professor and we're like the students. <laughs> no, but that's, you know, I think which is great, which is awesome. Yeah. The professor can learn from the students. I've learned oh, sometimes. Yeah. I, you it, know, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like my buddy that um, teaches uh, elementary school. And, you know, he said the biggest thing that they all had to learn the, um, you know, right on their last year is the thing of how do you teach four plus four, 42 okay. different ways to every single student? Because right. no one's going to learn the exact same way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, and, and the thing with tension, the, the DRs were kind of known to, to have a little less tension. So, mm -hmm. but honestly kind of switching over, like I said, the low riders were, were, and the Marcus Miller, the, the fat beams, all fat the beams. Marcus, yep. yeah. Which those kind of were my favorite. I, I just found the, I, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to try something new because I'd been with DR for a long time and the super yeah. steels just, 
they feel really nice to me. They just there's a third option too. Yeah. What's the third? Tell them what it is, Tony. Progressives. The GHS progressives, which is my <laughs> personal favorite. I I love them to death. Oof, they're fantastic. Um, and what's the breakdown of those? Cobalt, nickel, iron, nickel, nickel iron. iron. So John describes it, and which is a is a great way of of putting it. They're like, they feel like nickel, but sound more like stainless. Huh. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, they might have hair more tension than your typical um, nickel, but not quite as much. They're like baby bear that are like just right, and they last. <laughs> Forever. Nice. Forever. Yeah. I thought when you said third option, I thought you were going to say like some Braveheart, like Catgut. No, no. Like, no. A, you know, like, you know, tennis strings. Old, old, right. Eagle feather. I want to say, if I remember correctly, even um, even violin strings don't use catgut anymore. I think it's been outlawed. It, it's ethically. What was, I mean, was it literally? I, I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Literally, was it literally catgut? It was literally catgut. There you go. That's so, crazy. Ethically, we can't do that anymore. We don't when do was that, that outlawed, John? I actually, I think honestly, recently, like the past five, six years. Oh, imagine the person who invented that. Like, hey, let's make a string. Well, I mean, they've been using, you know, intestines or whatever. So I'm right. sure that, For, forever, uh, so. other stuff. But and I'm sure it was one of those that they didn't, you know, at some point. <laughs> it was probably like, I don't think they were just slaughtered specifically for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like using ivory and right, or PETA would have been just all over that, losing their minds. Yeah, another it's, video to make. Another, another vid. Sarah yeah. McLaughlin there. Oh, Every no, year, no. hundreds of cats are killed for their intestines. I was going to say, if you start humming the song, I'm going to start crying. Yeah. John, what would happen with a, just a pure iron string? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Let's that would happen. Let's experiment with that. Let's try it. Hey, somebody was getting upset that I didn't want to try it with titanium. Oh. Well, they actually do make, um, Parastro, I believe, makes a set of violin strings with a titanium wrap. And oh, for wow. an acoustic instrument, that's great. But for an electric bass or something, because titanium is non-ferrous. Yeah, it, it would be work. worthless. And the thing is, too, it would be hellaciously expensive. Yeah, because there still has to be some form of magnetic pull for the pickups yeah. to translate. So yeah, okay. And titanium doesn't have that. So nope. there we go. Live and learn. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then on that with string life, everybody's makeup hands are different for me. Thankfully, like I, I don't go through strings very often. I don't rust stuff out, you know, but I have friends that do. How about, how about you, Murphy? Oh, okay. Ah! No, I meant, you know, like, cause Tony, when you said tension is big, that was huge for me. That's why I went for the 110s because yeah. I actually, during Sugar Ray said I would I would alternate between fingers and pick. Um, whether mm-hmm. I wanted to have an attacking song like Mean Machine or Answer the Phone, that's a pick all the way. Yeah. But then Fly and Someday, the mellower ones, I think it, it was it was cooler to have a, a, a warmer sound for my fingers. So uh, that matters a ton, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, I like picks, man. I don't know. if, I, if uh, it's purist, I don't know. I mean, didn't Paul McCartney play with a pick? Dude, mm-hmm. it, it I'm all, nothing against them at all. It's all about serving the song and serving Absolutely. The, yeah. the thing. And I got to tell you that I get knocked because 
my pick playing sucks balls. <laughs> it's effing horrible. So why? I just I don't know. So no 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 no. I want to break this down. Why? Tell me. Because the way I hold, I, I just because I never play with a pick, so I try to fake it, and I think I just don't have I just don't have the good technique for base and pick. And I yeah. So there you go. Video Murphy. Steve, your pick no, playing I, I think, and mix would be fine. I no, think you're hard on yourself. No, well, player, you probably play fine with the pick, but that's. Our standards are high, probably. So you know. Yeah, my my yeah, I. But you are great. That would be a cool video. Would be actually pick technique because there is a technique, and I just I'm -hmm. not good at it. I'm horrible at it because I play predominantly with fingers. But for demos, I've tried, and it's just really bad. Like I just can't make it sound good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's your thumb. You know, like Sting plays a lot with that. Yeah, that. All kinds of ways to play. Yeah. Fingers. The pick is hard, man. I don't know, but and so your your strings, your strings last a while, Murphy, and you your the the corrosiveness of your you know your pH balance of your hands or whatever. Well, I mean, oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, on the road, I I was so lucky. I would change them every couple of gigs or something. I would nice. destroy. I would shred picks. There would be red flake <laughs> all over my pick card with blood light all over it and sweat. And um, I destroyed picks. I kind of destroyed strings. So I changed nice. them every. Not every single gig. I thought that was a little ridiculous. I tried mm-hmm. to make them last as long as they could, but it was a crazy night, and Mark was throwing beer on me. Um, then maybe I haven't changed every every gig, but um, no, I don't know. They, I think they, they last a long time now. I mean, cool. the road is another animal, but but maybe some people treat the, everything real, real perfectly, and we were mm-hmm. a little bit insane on the road, so we had a lot of fun and destroyed <laughs> stuff. But um, they last a pretty good amount of time now. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, I, I, I have a buddy, and I, I don't know if you guys know, Chris Book, he he literally has the most corrosive hands. Like, I won't let him touch any of my instruments unless I'm ready to wow. change strings. Because, I didn't know that. And, yeah, and some people will just rust out even the uh, the bridge, you know. Oh, the, yeah. And it's just, it's just somebody's makeup, you know, like how they, yeah, their acid or whatever it is in their hand. Sweaty palms. Or, <laughs> the sweaty palms or whatever. Exactly. Like, there's something there yeah. that... Yeah. that corrodes the steel or the whatever it is but yeah so i was wondering fortunately i think all of us have don't have you that know, issue, i used but... to be like that i used to rip through really? nickel plated ones it would be i'd play and you know right here on your pads it would be all black oh wow so hmm. don't let mike pope touch your base yeah that's another one that yeah he killed mike pope is and and you know when i did a gig with mike and he was like oh, i'm like oh so that's your signature let me like i'm like I know you. I go afterwards, maybe. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not letting you close to it. No. <laughs> and, then, and, and then there's the thing where, you know, you, you, you find a bass, the strings have been on for like 25 years or something. Like, yeah. Or maybe not that long, but have you heard of that? Like, what's the longest you heard of a string being on a guitar, on a bass? So, uh, anybody? I have a um. I mean, flat wounds, you know, I've always heard like, you know, 10, 15 years is pretty standard. I mean, it, in terms of other people, it really depends because a lot of people don't necessarily like that really fully broken in round wound sound. I mean, the only guy I know, and he was one of our artists, was uh, Ben Shepard from Soundgarden, mm. would keep keep them on forever. Like, you know, through a, a tour that they would do, he would, you know, his tech would order three sets. because he liked he just liked that super dead just heavy low sound that guy played his bass lower 
physically on than anyone ever. And I saw them. I actually saw them uh, wow. at Bogarts in Long Beach at a little tiny club with nobody there. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Must wow. have been amazing. Corn- and they probably I mean, still played it about as loud as a stadium show, too. It was so loud. I was just like, but it, it sounded insane. But I'm like, this wow. is, you know, it, it, it was, I'm like, this is crazy. Who is this band? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, um, it was funny. They played after, I think it was my brother's band and some buddies were playing and then they say I got played after. Some band from Seattle is going to play late. And so <laughs> I'm like, wow. So that's crazy. We played it so low. It was crazy, man. I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing that was a fantastic band and Cornell. Yeah. Man. What a, I, I, I mean, I like to keep a five string or two with strings on it for like a year that mm-hmm. have like a pseudo flat wound sound. I mean, they're dead. Yeah, they're obviously yeah. dead, dead. Um, the highs are cut, they're like, Boof. but I, I want that, you know, maybe I'll record with that one. Maybe if I'm playing with acoustic instruments, I'll do that. You know, I'll use mm-hmm. something like that, but normally I like fresh. Yeah. Nice and snarly. Totally. So a few years ago, and there is a video on this. I, my uncle had a bass that he told me about a jazz bass that he bought years and years ago and hadn't taken it out and instantly my ears perked up like oh what kind of bass is it and it was a 72 or 73 fender jazz bass right he put it away didn't play it since and and i have this all on the video i'll put a link up but he bought it in the 70s or in the late 70s played it a couple of times and literally put it away until i bought it and he gave me a good price and i paid fair it had the strings from then on it. And I wow. did the video and, and they were just old. They sounded like old strings, but you mm-hmm. can tell the bass. And there was, there was some other stuff going on with the bass. And, but somebody contacted me and they wanted those strings. So I, yeah. and, and I think. Did you charge I, a premium for it? No, no, no. I, they were like, I'll buy them. I said, I literally was like, dude, I'll just send them over to you because. Those are relic strings, Steve. The relic strings. But but honestly, I think that one of the strings on the posts, um, I even told him, I said, look, man, it's going to be a little sketchy because, you know, that steel, if it starts bending, it'll obviously, you know, it'll it'll break. But I sent it to him and, and the guy used them and loved them. And I forget who it is. I want to say it's my buddy Rob Olonsky or. I forget who it is. I'll, I'll find the tag. But anyways, so there people want those. So, and I think it was, I think they were Roto sounds from like the late seventies. So okay. pretty amazing. And, and, and they sounded, they were cool, but I, you know, anyways, that, yeah, somebody wanted them and they would. I always found that Roto sound great when you put them on. And then yes. when we did it, like, yeah, you know, yeah. So 30, whatever plus year old strings that I, <laughs> did a video that I sent him out to somebody pretty funny yeah but didn't they used to solder like like Jamerson or somebody didn't they used to solder the strings back together to um I think some people have I mean there's that story of uh, what Jamerson breaking a string and sending it to Labella yeah and calling them up and they're like yeah we'll replace it no problem he's like no I want you to fix it <laughs> fix my string right because he didn't want you know it was the sound with the hook Mm-hmm. that's funny man it's hilarious uh so murphy so lately you've been doing a lot of home stuff like obviously all of us have been at home 
um, doing a lot of recording. What do you, uh, you have a, your studio back there. I kind of, I, I dig it, man. What do you got back there? What are you recording with? Uh, just some stuff. I mean, the guitars are on the wall and some, uh, mm-hmm. there's keyboard here and uh, nice. my, my stuff is here that, the UAD Apollo and the speakers and some of my yeah. stuff for Zoom. I've just been doing a lot of uh, video stuff lately. I um, I had a school in here for like about a year. I did I did like a band program. And I remember cool. that. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I wanted to. Um, well, actually, yeah, Steve, that's right. You were here, but I've moved into other businesses. It was just such a big space. Okay. Um, and I kind of had an, this crazy idea, like, yeah, maybe I can do some kind of school and thing. And you know, School of Rock is cool in what it does in some ways. And then I'm like, yeah, but be different. But yeah. I just I did it for a year and it was great. We had a bunch of kids in the community and they were here. We had two concerts. It was awesome. But after it, I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's just not what I want to do, but it was fun. Sure. I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is put everything that I've ever known, everything that I went through, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever, and just put it online and share about it and make a video. I love it. Yeah. During, I guess, the slow times in Sugar Ray, I started directing. And so I got into video and video production. So I tell myself oh, cool. editing and... So it's kind of like, why don't I just do that? Why don't I just put everything? And it was a good time when we all went, we're still in quarantine. Didn't the beaches I heard just got shut down today? They got re-shut down. Did you guys hear that? There's stuff they're they're actually out here. There, there was a, a there's a bunch of counties at the restaurants, they're shutting them down again. Like they're doing a lot of re-shutting down. I just heard though at Fourth of July, all LA beaches are shut down. You know? Orange County also, Orange County's toast. Um, so anyways, but I just started putting stuff online and I just felt like I wanted to, I had this desire to kind of let share to kid or whatever, if somebody can learn from me or something and gain some insight or something, then great. But I, hand to hand, I, I could reach more if I do video. So, um, they're fantastic. So, I think they're awesome. And you, you were doing the, um, you were breaking down every Sugar Ray line, like your yeah, bass Sugar, line. Sugar Ray songs in order. I did all 90 oh, songs we recorded. Oh, oh, wow. I went on Spotify and just started on the very first one, Snug <laughs> Harbor, the first song on the first record and went through 90 songs. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We'll put, I'll, I'll put links and everything on the YouTube, but what is the YouTube channel? Is that, and that's your main thing is the YouTube, right? Yeah. That's where it's at. Um, What's you can just search for my name, Murphy Cargus, or it's okay. actually, it's YouTube dot, you know, slash C slash Murphy Cargus base. That's cool. Okay. Uh, like I said, I'll put links, but no, I think that's fantastic, man. I mean, I, I think that's like we're doing here. I mean, it really is, especially during this time, this medium has just like the importance of it <laughs> has risen, you know, and, and definitely the amount of stuff that's out there, it's more and more, but you know, you being established and having all that road time, gig time, playing time, I think you're an important voice, you know, and people are going to want to hear that. I think it's, I think that's rad, you know, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, a lot of times I'll struggle. I'll watch a lot of the bass people online. It's very like slap. It's very shredder. It's very solo-y. And I'm like, I, I'm, I, Dude. I didn't grow up. I grew up idolizing like Pete Farn and the Pretenders and like, I mean, not necessarily yeah. maybe Glenn Matlock and the Sex Pistols and like mm-hmm. just cool bass players who would stand there on stage and command a presence. You know, um, Didi Ramone for the Ramones. Like, I just, I liked, so... I kind of feel like I can't keep up with like chops. I'm not into, no, I think that's rad if you can, but my aspect is more writing. I, I, I bass, when I got my first bass, I literally think I tried to write a song and the second day I had it, I'm like, how do I do this? 
And then I got to pick, I remember it was just this dumb little thing. I'm like, okay, let me go. And I just did this like descending kind of dissonant sounding weird thing. And I was obsessed with trying to create on my bass. That's why I got it. You wanted to write Murphy. You wanted to write and create. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so what I want to do, I actually don't even know if I've hit my stride on what I, how I'm really going to come off in my YouTube channel, but I love doing it. And I kind of, cause I've just been doing covers and, and some talks about creative stuff, but I really feel like it's about all kinds of stuff. Like I think anybody can write a song mm. and I just wrote a blog post about it because the fact that I've been watching a lot of Victor Wooten and that guy's so yeah. cool. He's amazingly technical, but he comes from like a soul and a vibe. Oh, he first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not theory first. I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh. he's, I love that guy. Now he's like my new hero um, because I think people know how to write a song if you just have an opinion, yeah. you, you, you could say, here, does this sound good? They'll go, no. I go, why? Well, you know what you like. You've listened to cool music. You have an opinion. Would this sound better? They go, yeah. I go, now you're writing. It's kind of that simple. And then it goes from there. So I just taught myself. I took lessons when I started and they were terrible. <laughs> Unfortunately, the guy, it was, uh, I remember it was some Yamaha school in Irvine years ago. I went to uni with Tim and Zach from Rage Against Machine. I don't know if you guys know that. Wow. No. Yeah, Tim and I were buddies. Um, so, but I took a lesson and um, the guy just told me to sit and hold the bass. He's like, sit up, <laughs> hold the bass like this. And do, and then your thumbs gotta be back here, can never go over. And I'm like, this doesn't look like the guy with the dog collar and the red hair that I want to be like on stage, you know? But so he, <laughs> never the dog, the dog collar. Like what I'm doing here is not cool. I want to be cool. How how does that happen? Yeah. Kinda. I mean, yeah. of course I wanted to learn to play, but the, the bigger thing, not just so much make me cool, was that I wanted him to ask me, what do you like? Yeah. What bass players do you like? What bands do you like? And he never did. He just said, play hmm. the eight, play this scale I showed you. And I turned his back. So I quit and I went home to my garage and just started listening to records and started a crappy band. It was the best thing I ever did. That's awesome. Well, I, I think, you know, you, it's almost like you get a job from a job. You it's, it's acquired knowledge. So you're, you're going through the steps that, that a lot of people won't take. The first step is just doing it. So you just do it. And then you kind of like, okay, I tried it, but no, I'm going to go this way. So I think that's, I think that first step is the hardest for so many people. Are you talking about, Sorry, for my YouTube channel or for me? I'm talking all of it. I'm talking right, right. I'm talking just as a concept of just doing it. A lot of people just, you know, take that Nike, you know, the saying. But no, I think the first step is just trying something and not talking about it. And and what you did with the school and this and that. But, and you're finding your way, you know. And I just think that's just fantastic. And, and us as musicians, you know sports anything like that i think that's what you have to go through and and you're doing it and dude you're doing it i think it's amazing and your channel Dave Grohl talks about that he goes get all your buddies together and suck just just get together and have as much fun and the more fun you have the better you'll get yeah and and don't be and don't be afraid to make mistakes that's the thing too because there's none there's no mistakes you know and i think like what you're doing Murph but just just follow your gut and do what you do what you want to do and if you think it's interesting then it's like ah you know that's I think that's all of us have gone through that you know I know me with you know the bass hang stuff I just did what I wanted to do and what I thought was interesting and just trying new stuff you know and and I think that that's that's rad 
I mean, just, yeah, some of the, some of the experiences I'm just dying to share some of the experiences I've had. Like, yeah, if I could talk to a kid, I mean, you know, one-on-one was great, but in a video I could say, look, if you're in your band and you feel unappreciated, I can relate and I can explain why every band member is important. And I'll literally yeah. give an example. Like we, cool. we go to New York city to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. That that's prestigious. That's amazing. Right. And so we go to the, the, I think Mark Seliger, he's the, the great photographer. He did all yeah. the crazy covers when like um, just all the, the wild and wacky covers that was Seliger. Um, and so we go there, we go to his amazingly, you know, prestigious studio. It's in this huge warehouse where he shot Bruce Springsteen and everybody and all these great artists, Keith Richards in this one area. I'm like, that's that area. It's a brick wall. And then we get there. And then the manager comes to us and goes, Hey guys, they just want to put Mark on the cover. Is that cool? And so we're like, you know, so I, I can speak to the experience of saying, if you feel like you aren't worthy as a band member, I, I can talk to you. You're super, super important. It's why most solo records don't always make it. If the, if that guy came from a band, it's because you need the band. So we decided, you know what, we're not going to fight this. Um, they're saying it's this or nothing. Let's be in Rolling Stone and let's keep going. Everything's going great. Let's be positive. And that's how we roll. So yeah, so I can just speak to those experiences <laughs> that happen to me. They're crazy. It's like, how do you, how do you accept that? You're like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah. Put them on. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's yeah. That's uh, yeah. Some executive thought this is the good idea to do. You know what I mean? You know, so. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what, what they said was that they, they actually told us that band covers don't do as well as single portrait covers. That's, mm. and we're like, okay, you know, but, but that was our manager. So, but I, I don't, bring that up to say that I'm sour about it. It's just that there's so many experiences that you learn from. Steve, you said you, you've got to fail, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and Tony, so you said get, get in a band. Was it Grohl you were quoting, Tony? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I'm paraphrasing exactly. But he basically it's, said, get all your friends together and suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I love that video. And he actually used a curse word or two in there. And it was <laughs> it's a great video and it's great advice. And you do. So I just want to share the things I went through, like even creatively writing songs and failure and, um, because I think it's fascinating how things turn out. It's just it's interesting, you know. I think it's rad, dude. I think just keep doing it. I I love it, man. I dig it. And you've got the, you know, obviously the media chops to do it. And and that's another thing too, is like you you learn how to do this stuff, you know, like just out of necessity or out of out of necessity, actually. Like, oh, well, no one else video it. So uh, I'll teach myself how to video edit. I'll teach myself how to take photography. And you know, all of us have have done that kind of stuff, which is rad. Still. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. And and still, we all, I think you never stop learning. And that's a good thing, you know? And and, and, and nobody wants to edit, right? I mean, how much, that's the one thing. It's like, ah, oh, I got to edit for another three hours. Dude. Is editing fun, Steve, or do you, what do you think? Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Liam's there, but F no. I tell everybody, they're like, oh yeah, video. It's like, no, editing sucks. It's the worst mm-hmm. thing ever. It's it's like being a nomadic hunter and gatherer, having to go hunt for your meal and your food. Okay, I got to get this video here. I got to get this video here. I got to put this audio here. I got to mix down the audio. And then I have to put it all together. And that's not even the end of it. I'm going on a rant. And then I got to line everything up. And then I got to do that. Dude, yeah, it's- yeah. You got to sync. It's funny because editing is actually, if you think about it, it's a very, very creative endeavor. Yes. And, and there is an Academy Award. There's a... It, there's a bunch of awards within, yeah. I think, the aspect of editing. 
but it is such a, and you can't ever replace it. I think they're, I don't know that you can ever replace it with like, you know, automation. Or no, like, no, no, you can't, yeah. you, you can't. The, I get anxiety when all the pieces are not together. I'm, I get super gnarly anxiety. You know what I mean? And well, then editing has its own rhythm and beat and structure. It can change the feel of everything as yeah. an editor. Yeah. 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 No, I was going to say, I, I get gnarly anxiety when I have a few projects and I haven't put them all together and lined everything up. Once everything is lined up and together, I, I relax. But up to that point, I, and, and the guy's, can attest, you know, because I, I just get in these things with like GNL with me, with stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. I, it, it's mental bandwidth. It's taxing <laughs> on my brain, you know, and John and, and, and I can tell you about Steve's anxiety or with that stuff. Yeah. Because I just get, I just get overwhelmed. And rightfully so, you know, yeah. it, it's a lot of stuff to take like, and, and Murphy, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like project managing stuff. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know. But yeah, editing. Did John and Tony, sorry to interrupt. Did John, do you guys, you know, shoot and edit too, John and Tony or, or not? Mm -hmm. Barely, barely me, barely. Yeah, I've done a, a, a number spoiled. of it, like all the um, product videos and stuff for GHS of all, most of them have been me. Yeah. Well, I don't do a lot of it at all, but I'm but, getting more and more into it during COVID. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like at the start of this, I had so many people and Murphy, you too, and you guys also like, hey, how do you do this? Oh, wow, I'm going to start doing video editing. And then and then people are like, whoa, wait, a, oh, wait, this is this is hard. Yeah, yeah. 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 Welcome. welcome. Yeah. A buddy of mine always gives the thing of what is it? One hour of editing for one minute of finished video. Yes. Yes. Well, I got to say, too, that John is a badass artist and graphic designer, which I, Photoshop was my nemesis last year. I've gotten a lot better, but it's still like, I'm. Oh, when the new version comes out, you'll be back at square one, like all of us. Well, no, well, I'm in the cloud. I, Adobe, I use everything Adobe. I've been in the oh, cloud. Yeah. You too. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's fantastic, but yeah, it's, um, that's a whole other world, you know, that, that I'm not good at. And I don't, I, I don't know. I how actually like making thumbnails for YouTube. I actually, Totally get into like, making them. You PewDiePie, know what? I, not me. PewDiePie. You know what? Well, I, I get to the point now when I work with the uh, advertising agency that does all of our stuff. Like immediately, I can I just start being like, okay, the kerning between these letters is off. This is off. Here, here, here. Because I've been. <laughs> That's funny. That was my, well. That was my former job before um, everything was like proofing and copywriting. So it was my job to find all the mistakes. So now it's just second nature of oh, this needs to be this, 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 this kind of thing. So I just had this crazy thought because all of us are talking and all of us do kind of in-house recording, media, production stuff. Bass players kind of, we take on those roles. <laughs> you know, I, I think so. I think like a lot of producers, like Larry Klein, you know, was a bass player. And now he's like one of the big producers. Like, I think that, I don't know, being rooted, <laughs> hearing everything, hearing all kinds of stuff. I think that that's, I don't know. I, I mean, I know there's other musicians, uh, you know, guitar players, everybody's good at it, but I don't know, man, bass players, we kind of, we kind of have that, that thing, that patience that we kind of see everything, hear everything all the time that, I don't know, it, it, um, it breeds that. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys agree. I, I, I think, think you'd be right. Down to earth persona. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
often, uh, like you were saying, often underappreciated. <laughs> I, I remember I saw John Mayer a handful of years ago at uh, Verizon. It's not there anymore, right? Um, and yeah. I, I was watching the bass player, and I think he was the musical director, I believe, of John Mayer at the time. I don't know who it was, but... Um, uh, John Della Bruyere, Bru Bru, was it? That, that's the guy on uh, the first record, the square for the... Uh, John Della Bruyere. Room for squares? Yeah, just fantastic killer bass player. Didn't Pino uh, play for him for a while well, too? Well, he played after and he played the trio stuff, but the original guy, the guy that played on um, I Want to Run to the Halls here, huh? School, you know, that the big one was uh, John De La Bruyere, I think was his name. And just amazing bass player. Killing, killing. And he's got a bitch name too. Yeah, I know, right? And I think his, na- his nickname was Brew Brew, which is pretty rad. Like, really? You're a badass, ba- yeah. You're a badass bass player, and you got a badass name. Like, really? All right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, production-wise, I think we all kind of it. It. it I don't want to say it comes easy to us, but we just kind of fall into that role easier, maybe. Like, like the handyman of music. Like, yes. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> but we can fix it all. <laughs> So, and then uh, recording-wise, Murphy, what do you, I know you, Apollo, all of us are very much, we love the UA stuff and yeah. Yeah. hitting a lot more recordings. So um, what's your, your interface is the Apollo. Yeah. Um, DI-wise, what do you, what do you use direct box? I just, or? I'm probably not very popular, but I just go straight into the UAD. Unison? I, use the I, Unison? I, I love that. What's that? Use the Unison preamps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, but what I so what I do is uh, either the SVT, the, the Apollo SVT, or the B15 plugins are rad. Cool. Um, and sometimes I actually one time I, I I had my guitar amp on and I plugged in the bass and I'm like I, it sounds insane. And so now I switch cool. and I'll, for the guitar sound I'll use a bass, the B15, and for sometimes I'll do like the distortion thing for on the bass, but um, what I do is actually, I'll just do that, but then I'll record it. I've got the Yamaha, those, I forget the name of them, but just they're very popular Yamaha. They look like NS10Ms. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. They're they the fives or something, I forget the model, but I have these. And then what I do is I use a Zoom and I record, I don't, I don't record the direct thing. I actually play through the speaker and I, when I'm doing a cover, I'll play the song through it and my bass and record it all like, with the zoom out here so it gets a little bit of a room sound and it gets a little bigger and i like that so yeah that's cool. um but for but for here yeah that's kind of that's it just plug in unison and the plugin sounds so good man it's amazing there yeah i think tony you just got your apollo right yeah i got my apollo yeah. i'm, I'm yeah. loving the manly so that's that's been that's really hot i really like that yeah, but, I, but I have a lot of, I mean, I don't really do too much with it because I have so many DIs, so I just do a little bit of with the plugins, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. yeah. The Unison thing is a game changer. I used um, the SSL because, you know, UA, excuse me, UA will pull you in with like, hey, $25 coupon for plugins. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah. we've got a 50%. It's like, seriously, like crack dealer, like, all right, come on, give me right. more plugins. But I, uh, I just got the... Um, the SSL and the Neve, just the channel strips that are unison and they're just, it, it literally is making me rethink like the hardware. I it, love the 1073 Neve. I record everything it, with that Neve. It, I love that. It's amazing. So it's, um, yeah, the, the technology. When you, listen, when you, when you listen to there, I think I've listened to somewhere they did a plugin 
and the hardware. Versus the real, it's very hard to tell. Like I, I mean, there, you know, yeah. I think it's a feel thing and it's a vibe thing, maybe for. And, and obviously, the outboard gear still crushes plugins in a lot of situations, but, but they're just. Getting, I think they're getting better in a lot of areas too. So, well, I I love the ready that eight is on the ready. I mean, it's just it's so yeah. But I my my normal signal chain would be the ready into the two eleven seventy six. Mm-hmm. But I bypass the compressor. I just go through the, the circuit because I like, I, for some reason, it just has a good sound. My buddy came over and we AB'd the ready through that. And then we went ready into the Apollo and put the, the 1176 plug in. And it was pretty close, man. I mean, it was really good, you know? So, I, I, yeah, there stuff is, uh, it's. I know, I got the Pacifica sitting over here. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got right, the Pacifica. Like- <laughs> They designs, yeah. And it's like, well, I don't have any overheads going for, I don't have a mic kit yeah. down here. So like, yeah. it's like, okay, well, when I mic up again, I'll, I'll use it. <laughs> you you know? know, and and then again, I think that it, it really comes into poop in, poop out. I mean, what you put in is gonna be what you put out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time, every time, no matter what. So, you know, if you don't have just basics of just your hands, how they sound on a bass, you know, I mean, it's going to sound like crap. Right. If you have some semblance of making that bass sound the way that you sound and, and it's going to sound good. So I, anyways, I, I, no, I think I could better in terms of, you know, the bass. I actually like the way, I think I've gotten it to sound pretty solid for the YouTube videos, just for my knowledge, killer. like recording and, yeah. and getting like you're saying, there's a lot of things to it, Steve. You're right. It's not just if you have this piece, it's going to sound good. You know, no. there's a cliche. You could throw a guitar to someone who's really good and like, wow, they're making magic out of it. What what happened? Well, they, they can play. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm always open to learning about more, you know, more pieces of the gear. Obviously, my live situation, I don't, I don't play that much live anymore. I, I transitioned away from that and I miss that. And I'm looking for opportunities to play. But I'm actually just using the Fender Rumbles right now. I have a little 200 that sounds pretty great. great. Yeah. It's so light, yeah. but I, I also have played Mark basses before, and those there's so many that sound so good. I would love to get a really nice uh, bass amp, but um, for now, I'm really focusing on just trying to share on YouTube, and so my simple purposes of being very quick and easy and yeah. getting a pretty solid bass sound that I love, um, I don't know, I'm set, but I, I still want to learn more about you know better di to enhance this or make that easier and so well, we'll have to we we got to do a we should do a, like a just a geeking out di video one of these days i'll cruise down we'll do that that'll be fun that'd be great we should, do, we should do a di yeah. you know with and without just going yeah. into the plugins and just yeah. see what it sounds like and it's funny because you know a lot of times you know we scrutinize our sound i mean don't we all but oh, of course. what's funny is what people listen to now stuff on I don't think they listen to on the, some people listen to really good speakers. What do you think people listen to stuff on nowadays? Isn't that crazy? That's it. Right? But, so but, like, but, but wireless I, I, earbuds, wireless earbuds. Yeah. Right. The thing, how, much, how much space is in those, you know? But, but the thing is, is that what I found just even YouTube and all that, if it sounds good to you, yep. that's what you go with. No, for that's sure. Mm-hmm. Because, You'll get a better take, and you'll you'll be more inspired. Well, all that, well, well, and you won't drive yourself crazy because, like you said, when you were talking about the music thing, it's so subjective, right? That 
one person will love it, the other person will hate it. The next yep. person will be mediocre or medium. So you can't, you cannot, cannot, cannot listen to the masses. You don't, you can't. Never, no. Don't do I, it. I'm You're, just saying it, it's, it's fascinating how people listen to this stuff now. It's crazy. And I'm, not, I'm not saying we, we, we go, oh, let's, of course not. Like we, I think we have to please ourselves first and yeah. no, nothing else matters. If you're stoked on what you're doing, it'll turn other people on. I'm just saying it's fascinating, though, that people literally, I do it. I'm like, oh, let me hear this I, new track. I do, too. <laughs> I know. But then again, it's it's one of those things where you'll see a video and you'll think it sounds, God, that sounds god-awful. And people are gushing about it, how good it is. So, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, you can't, you, you can't, you can't go down that rabbit hole oh, of, no. you just go on like, all right, cool. There's I'm also good. something else, too. Yeah. What sounds good Oh, when I'm isolating my track, or oh, what sounds good in the mix? In the mix, right, right. You listen to those old Jamerson tracks; they sound like, oh, they're not good isolated, but in that mix, they're fantastic. Yep. They sound amazing. That's yeah. a very, very good point because I've been doing a bunch of covers, and I went—I don't know what it, it was—a bunch of bass. It was—it was you know Deacon playing under pressure. Oh man! It was, uh, oh. It, was, it was no, but oh. it's not the cleanest line. And the, uh, who else was another one? Oh, it was. Uh, uh, the isolated bass track of um, was it Cliff Cliff from ACDC playing you know Back in Black and there there are these there are these bass lines they're not perfect and people are scrutinizing them on the isolated bass track oh also Tim Comerford Timmy oh great and and like he's so rad but they were making fun of how it was like a do 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 da, 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 do like how hard is it to play that I'm like you guys have it you don't understand it's about attitude and passion well, being a beast on stage and yeah. connecting with humans and staring well, at people and everything what's that kick doing what's that snare doing right exactly. you know well, right. that's what i call keyboard warriors it's yeah guys that have mm -hmm. never experienced yeah. anything that think they can that that are just sitting there just like nope, 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 you know yeah get out of your house and go really play well you can't now but when and, you I'm not, can, and, I'm, and i'm not saying they don't know anything and they're dumb i'm saying like, yeah. dude, give me a hug. Let, I'm going to teach, like, let's go yeah. play and see what it's like because Tim has sold lots of records and he's played in front of a lot of people and Deacon and all these guys. It's not necessarily about how perfect a part is played. So I, I think the sometimes the imperfections, what was I just listening to? It was a song I was just listening to and it sped up and it, and it audibly, <laughs> the bass player was too fast. Oh, it was, uh, it was Elton John. Oh, was, yeah, uh, D. Murray. It was D. Murray. So, Somebody saved my life tonight. Oh. And the piano and the bass were so off on this one beat. And then I, I kept listening to it. And I'm like, and I want to talk about that. Why my next what, one of the video I'm, I'm going to do is going to be um, just why perfection is not important. And it's about the song. It So it if that was itemized and quantized, what happened in listening to it when it get off and it came back on, I just think there's an emotional thing that happens there. Because, it's being human. Last thing, exactly, because it connects to us because we're not perfect. So why quantize it and make it perfect? Then it takes away the element of a human, and we all relate to that. That's it. Yeah. You ever listen to like a, a like an old Hendrix record with headphones on? Oh. And like really just shut your eyes and like, all right, what's Noel doing? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right. okay. right. who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. It, it, I'm, you know, Murphy, I'm with you. I'm like... Yeah. If I'm recording, I don't want perfection. Oh, we went over the beat a little bit. Well, you kind of slid into that bar. What? Leave it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leave. Unless it's blatantly ugly. Yeah. Okay. Right. There's a difference between a mis you know a blatant mistake and 
No, no, that's no, that's that's cool. It was just, you know, it it was it slid out of the pocket just enough to go back in, and it kind of added this nice little yeah. thing. Yeah. That's a good point, John. Where do you end? Where good does it point. end? Two yeah. quick examples. Um, since I've been loving you, Led Zeppelin. Oh. There's the, a moment that'll give me goosebumps, and it's where John Paul Jones. It was the end of a long bottom fill, and he went, and you knew he got off, but it was in the key. And it just has this rad, amazing, it's the part that I actually connect with in the song. And then what, one other thing, not that Sugar Ray and Led Zeppelin are closely related. I Made a Mistake and Falls Apart, this song we had that was kind of a slower song for us. And it sort of had a tiny emotional content in the lyrics, which we usually avoided. <laughs> but I also, I think the song was an F and it was, it was coming to a D, but I went to C and then back up. And I'm like, I made a mistake. And our producer's like, sounds cool, leave it. There I'm like, go. okay. And, and so the, and yeah, yeah, Jonathan, good point. If I went to an A flat or something or some, you know, some other really, really right. whacked out note, then that wouldn't be cool. But the fact that it, it just works. And I, I, I almost look forward to hearing it now because it's not just this is in, this is in, this is in, this is in. That can almost be tiresome. And last point, Victor Wooten had a, um, he was, it was some popular video that I watched. It was this Nam and this guy. Oh, music is win. The guy, he's a popular YouTuber and he was talking to him and they were jamming and Victor was looking at him and then he went out and then he, and he, and he said, did you see the only time you really looked at me was when I went out and he goes, but I knew I was going out. So that point. Yeah. yeah. That's, I always, I always take um, the who and whistle and moon probably couldn't have been in any other bands except for The Who. Totally. Because you put Entwistle in Zepp and it's like, uh, no. Or you put Keith Moon in Queen. Stones. Or, yeah, or whatever, work. you know. So, but how effing good are they just together in that in that realm? I don't, I mean, obviously some people are going to go, no, man, they had the killer pocket. But I'm like, Moon is, I mean, is Moon known for like killer pocket? No, no, they were like, both like soloing. He was always kind of rushing. He's yeah. like soloing, but it works. And as and whistle, and whistles like all over the place. It just works, you know, and, and it just works. There's no, I don't know, it works. I love it. It sounds fantastic. So, and whistle might be one of the most amazing bases that he doesn't get. I mean, of course, he's a legend, but that guy's tone. <laughs> And his speedy fingers are ridiculous. <laughs> Does anybody agree with that? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just crazy. Like they couldn't have been in any other bands. They were perfect yeah, for I that. I didn't actually listen to them until my rock band and started covering a couple of Who tunes. So I just you know dove right in, and that was the biggest thing. I'm like, holy crap! I just yeah. need to you know strap in and hang on for some of the, these lines. Well, you know, didn't I think Pino got the call like he only had a few days to work on all that who stuff when net whistle passed away. Cause right. Wasn't it, wasn't it Pino that took over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he just killed it, you know, just, and you know, it's funny to that point, Pete, uh, he said on guitar, I couldn't do much cause Ox was so busy, but he was great. So he literally, I mean, he was, you know, Townsend's a genius who wrote everything, but he did, yeah. Thing, yeah. how good he is as a musician. He said, I had to play pretty simple, man, because this guy's all over the place, but that's part of the band. And he, and he said when Pino took over, actually, it's funny, he said I could finally now start to play a little more because yeah. 
although he learned the lines, he's a different player. And so the yeah. band changes, you know? Yeah. And I think John, John Buttons is doing the gig now, who's another just monster player. But, but yeah, I, I love that, that uh, Rough Boys, that, that Townsend solo record. I'm sorry, I just need to, that's such a Rough Boys. And I mean, God, that's just a, that's just a fantastic record. Love Pete Townsend. He's a phenomenal legend, man. The guy's amazing. Yeah. And did, I mean, he would, he wrote all that stuff. He recorded all of it. I mean, it was Townsend. That's yeah. who is Pete Townsend. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously the other guys too. Yeah. But, but, but somebody's going to write everything. Yeah. 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 So anyways, cool. Hey, man. Well, let's, let's wrap everything up real soon. Uh, let's do some socials. I love I'm talking Murphy. to Murphy though, man. I love this. This was so where, rad. Where, where can we find you everywhere? Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Tony, say that again. I didn't. Where can we find you? Uh, YouTube. You just search for the my name, Murphy Cargus. Okay. Uh, the URL, yeah, it's Murphy Cargus Space at the end of YouTube. And then cool. Instagram, too, is just uh, it's just Murphy Cargus. Nothing fancy, just my name. No, I'll find it. I'll, 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 I'll put all the stuff there. Do you have a website or do you, I know websites are kind of one of those. I, I do. I'm kind of just using it for lessons yeah. right now. Like, you know. Uh, okay. What, uh, MurphyCargus.com? Yes. Isn't it not, not a lot there right now, though? You guys, well, our website's getting like, I mean, you gotta have it. it. It's it's almost, like, yeah, go ahead. It, it's almost like you have to have it, yeah, but it, it's not, it's almost like a card. Like, here's my card, it's my website, but you know where all the action happens is YouTube, Instagram, and all that stuff. It's almost yeah, right. Well, and and John, you know, GHS, I, I think for corporations and companies, obviously, you know, GL, right, any We're, of these. I mean, because we've got our online store now, we're taking the opposite approach. We're using yeah. all of our socials to drive people to our website yeah. instead of the other way around. But it's almost like a personal thing. You have to have it, but the other yeah. necessary evil. It's a necessary, yeah, exactly. Almost like an archaic kind of thing. So, and then um, I know we're going to sign off here, but how are you all healthy, well during all these mm -hmm. crazy times there, Murphy? Like just, you know, Corona? Corona craziness, you're doing okay? Go ahead, guys. Everybody? I'm okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tony Zampi, he got a margarita the other day. I actually <laughs> ate at a restaurant and had drinks with my wife and my family, uh, nice. which was killer on Saturday. I was like, loving it. Yeah. Went for a surf and, and got to eat afterwards. Yeah, you got great. to surf too. Yeah. Tony, have you, have you, is that like your first trip to a restaurant? Or have you been going out to restaurants for a little while now? No, first one in like almost four months. I mean, I've done takeout, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um, ate outside a couple of times in New Hampshire. So I guess you could, it's not quite the same, but no, actually like sitting inside, got served, ordered a margarita, boom, 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 you know, it was, that was the best. That Why does that make you feel like a human again? It makes you feel so good when you just sit down and order a meal and you eat something there. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Man, it was, it, it's... I mean, I don't know how to put it. It was amazing. Yeah, just yeah. you felt so much like a human. Have you have you gone out at all, Murphy? Yeah, definitely. No, um, we started going out. I guess you know when you're able to. And, and um, for for the longest time, I actually had a lot of trouble. I was struggling with with this thing early on. It was so crazy. It was like you know the Ellie Mayor was saying there's going to be bodies piling in the streets Good. everywhere. You know, the play, this is the play. We're all going to die. Yeah, and it's like. So I remember thinking, oh my God, it's everywhere. You know, it's in the air, you know. We were still I I went to go, I had Mexican food on Babel Island at uh, you know, and I, I had my mask on at the desk, you know, I took it off to eat and I put it back on. But um 
No, I don't know. I, so I got a better footing after a couple of weeks, you know, when it all first started, all the panic, all the stuff. Um, but it just, I got a little better beat on it because we have, I got three boys and they all started homeschooling and we're in a spot right now where it's kind of a small house. We're living on Babel Island and um, it's, it was very tight quarters. This was supposed to be a little experiment for a year to live down there by the beach. And we didn't know we we're going to be like quarantined in and homeschooling. And I was like, okay, bumping into everybody again. Mm. So it was tough for me. I, I was going crazy the first couple of weeks thinking I was nuts. And then I get a little beat on it and it's gotten better. And we're now cool. attempting to do right. We're sort of, but now it's being drawn back a little, but I think it looks like we're trying to, Somehow well, go back. It's kind of weird no. because we're like, look like we we're going a certain way. Like, oh, let's close these beaches again. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, let's close that again. You know? Well, and, and and like you said, Murphy, when this first started, I mean, seriously, you're thinking it's a death sentence, like like for everybody. Not, I mean, obviously, I don't want to. I'm not. What did I say? I'm not um, making it small. I mean, it's it's no, gnarly. It's bad. But it, to the point of what. You know, at first we were in this unknown, like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's everywhere. Like, uh, and you know, maybe this is the second time it's needed, kind of shut stuff down a little bit, slow it down a little bit more. And, but at least, you know, take care of yourself, be healthy, take your bio, you know, just, yep. I don't know, it, it's a little bit <laughs> easier to swallow this. John, time. when you went away on yeah. vacation, right? Mm -hmm. um, what was it like over there? You know, it was it was all right. Uh, Traverse City up north is one of the spots that really w was very um, lightly hit for, you know, Michigan. Yeah. But they were also the ones that asked to have the whole state shut down because, you know, smaller tourist areas like that don't have the hospital infrastructure like Detroit did where the, you know, Michigan's uh, main hotspot was. Yeah. kind of thing so uh you know up there for the most part everyone's i'd say about 80 85 percent of people were wearing masks and you know we went out when we went to the um uh we had one day when we went out to uh we split up because it was me and my you know my dad uh my sister and brother-in-law their kids and my sister and my kids we split up into three groups just to grab like food and drinks for everybody just to kind of see who brings what back <laughs> And so when we were going around, um, you know, everybody was pretty good. We, you know, we, we went to a winery there and um, did the same thing like you were saying, you know, you know, um, wear your mask in until you sit down. Then, you know, when you're at your table, then you could take it off, but then going anywhere else. Uh, but it was interesting because um, I think now at least they've got enough um, things in place. You know, uh, I think a day later, we're watching the news and they said, you know, there was an outbreak that was attributed to some people that visited that area the week prior. Here are the places they went. If you've gone there, you need to get tested kind of thing during this time. And so we could sit there and be like, all right, well, we weren't even up here last week. And even if people were around this week, we weren't even in that area remotely. So, you know, it, it's kind of that to be able, okay, we can be a little smarter. So if, you know, when, a couple of things like that have to shut down. It can be more focused instead of just the giant blanket right. just clamp. Yeah. It, yeah. Seems be safe, be smart, but we right. can maybe relax a little bit more than the first wave where it was like, Ugh, you know, like I, I, it was anxiety, man. Like, Oh, sure. There's going to be, a, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, um, well, I'm going to say PTSD, but there's, it's no, now. Sure. it's not, it's not there's definitely a lot less people sure, out. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I was in Newport, Rhode Island the weekend before 4th of July, just last weekend. It should be packed, man. And there was waves and like, yeah. no, not that the waves were great, but there was hardly any, there wasn't many people at the beach. There wasn't a lot of guys in the water. It was probably like 50% of what the normal capacity was. Mm. It was kind of odd, you know, it was like, yeah. No. All, all I know is what would be good when, when live gigs can happen again, when it's safe and when we're rocking. I mean, yeah, we need, man. We want to play, right? We want to play. All sure. I want to do. I know. All I want to do is yeah. play live. I don't yeah. want, I mean, I like sitting at home and recording and doing everything. Yeah. I'd rather fucking play. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Sorry. well, there's something about, I mean, I it's, it's human connection, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Seriously, man. Like, yeah, it's human connection and being around people and, and you know, who knows what's going to happen with NAMM show next year. There's all kinds of talk, but hopefully we can have some kind of get-together gathering where we can all kind of be together safely. And there we go. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, not, man. proud to do this, so thank you, Steve. This oh, man, cool. Murphy, you're the... When we don't have anything, this is rad to do, so. Dude, and, and anything, you know, we can do. You're part of this thing now. Sorry, I suck you in. I pulled you in. You're part of our crew now. <laughs> you know, I, I love you, man, and and I'm glad everything's well. And can't thank you enough for for just wanting to come on and just uh, shoot some shit. <laughs> it's been awesome. So yeah, this is the time. So I, I think we're gonna wrap it up. But Murphy, mm-hmm. hang on. I turn off the recording, but we stay on and we talk shit after. So hold on here. We say bye to the public. Bye, but but don't hang up. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye public. public. Bye, guys. Hold on. I'm gonna stop okay. recording and not right. hang up. <laughs>